recognizing our strengths as a parent and then kind of tapping into this. It used to be called a village. Now maybe it's like a hive instead where it's like, we don't all live in the same village, but you can have this like hive of people to kind of tap in to and kind of ask for expertise. Eva Chen is a recognizable face and name to many, like her 2.5 million Instagram followers. <laughs> After years of experience as an editor for magazines like Teen Vogue and Lucky, she is now the head of fashion partnerships at Instagram. And not only that, but she hosts shows like Next in Fashion, and she's written many children's books. And it just so happens that her newest book, We Are Golden, comes out today. Eva is delightfully authentic as she shares the juggle of career and mom life, including what her day-to-day looks like raising her family in New York City. I'd love to hear about her experiences as a wife, mom, friend, business powerhouse, and I know you're gonna love hearing from her too. Do you feel like other moms have life all figured out? Well, as the mother of seven, I can tell you that we are all just doing our best and making it up as we go along. But at least we have each other. I'm Vanessa Quigley, and welcome to the Mom Force podcast brought to you by Chatbooks. But before we get to the interview, back in 2014, when we sold our very first chatbook, the only way that you could make a book was by connecting to your Instagram account. And with so many people like me, with years of priceless posts to print, we sold a lot of chatbooks. But I don't know about you, but over the years, the things that I share on Instagram has changed dramatically. And so many of the pics that I want printed in my books, I would never post on social media. Well, the good news is you can still add photos from your Instagram account. And we've made it so easy to add photos to your chatbooks straight from your camera roll for all of our products. There has never been a better time to be a chatbooker. Now, if you want to hold on to the everyday magic of your family life, download the Chatbooks app now and start 2024 off right. Happy chatbooking. Hello, hello, Eva. Welcome to the Mom Force. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to learn more about everything that you're doing and your new book. But I thought maybe as a way to get to know you a little bit better, we could start with a photo since we're all about photos at Chatbooks. I'm wondering, is there a photo in your camera roll with an interesting backstory that you'd be willing to share with us? This is rare. I don't even know where my phone is right now. Usually it's like surgically attached to my hand. I can probably describe a photo or I can share a photo that I'm like looking at right now. How about that? We'll do, yeah. we'll go analog and share. Yeah. A photo. Give us the backstory on it. I want uh, to I'm in my daughter's room hiding from my kids, which I <laughs> hope it. that other parents listening to this identify with. So relatable. Here's a picture of my daughter, Ren, and my son, Tao. And this is not our dog because we will never get a dog because at any given point, I feel like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Stick to your guns on that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, everyone is saying that for sure it's going to happen. Like they're just like, don't fight it. It's going Until to happen. Until your kids come to you with a PowerPoint presentation about all the ways that they're going to take care of the dog. And then you'll probably be so impressed at their ingenuity that you'll be like, oh, okay, fine. No, no. <laughs> I told my kids that we would borrow my sister-in-law's dog and if they can pick up poop and then I used like very 
descriptive words to describe it, like the feeling and sensation of picking okay. up food. Like in New York, you know, in New York City, if you yeah. get up off the sidewalk, as responsible people do. Um, and they basically were so horrified that they were like, no, we're not ready for a dog. And I'm like, that is correct. Also, we haven't had like a very good track run with like fish. We've had a lot okay. of fish, including <laughs> like a friend, Alice, I'm talking about you, who once came over with a pet fish for my daughter when she was like two or three. And that's like, Note to like anyone listening, like never gift a pet. Just oh. don't. It's I like- know my nephews were at a birthday party and the favor was a bag of goldfish. Yeah. No. And his mom just dropped them off at my house to dump into. We actually have a fish tank. My oh, youngest son nice. has a tank of fish. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of fish these are, but I guess they're living here now. So. Yeah. No, we basically, we kept it alive actually for like a good seven months, which I think is not bad for like a goldfish that was like deposited. That is impressive, actually. Plus, yeah. In like a plastic bag. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, you might hear a little ambiance, New York City ambiance here on the track. Eva lives in this city. And I, I always secretly dreamed that I would raise my kids in the city, maybe in another life. Mm-hmm. But right before this call, she messaged and said, wait, I got to go pick up someone from school. I got to go like real life, mom life. Real life mom life. My wonderful middle son, um, Tao, had a slight incident run in with soup where um, the school nurse <laughs> called and said he had a slight incident, literal run in with soup and it oh, splattered no. on his hand and it was super hot. And I was like, first things first, let's talk about the fact that he drinks soup. Like I did not, he never <laughs> drinks soup with me. And so we had a last minute like nurse's office pickup situation. Yes. Oh, I hope he's and okay. Like, you know, that he's okay. He's totally okay. okay. And that's like, I think mom life, that's like parent life. It's like, I always feel like I have, my brain is split in a million different directions, kind of trying to coordinate pickups for all the kids, activities for all the kids, play dates, birthday parties. Did I get a birthday present for um, Una whose birthday is coming up? Or what about Ariana? And oh, we owe this person a letter. So it's all always a lot of organization, but the kids are just so darn cute and wonderful and loving that it makes it somehow most of it worth it. (laughs) All worth it. Well, how you do all of that on top of everything else, Ava, you're a former magazine editor, an author, a fashion guru, head of fashion partnerships for Instagram, and a mother of three. You are so incredibly accomplished. And today is the release of your new book, We Are Golden, a delightful board book, spotlighting the achievements of 27 people of Asian descent from today throughout history. And it's a companion to I Am Golden, which is such a beautiful book. I actually have that book. But I want to go back in time to when you wrote I Am Golden. Mm. It was during COVID, right? When there was a vast uptick in anti-Asian sentiments. Can you tell us a little bit about how how this came to be? I mean, for me growing up, a lot of the books I read really didn't feature Asian characters or Asian American characters. I felt like just like magazine representation for me as well. Like there were, I basically never saw people who looked like me or descriptions of people who had my experience. I am a first generation American. Uh, My parents moved here from Taiwan in the seventies and I was kind of raised between many cultures. And I think a lot of kids these days feel this way where, you know, there's a lot of families that are multicultural, multi-race. And so I really wanted to write a book with I Am Golden that really celebrated Asian joy, celebrated the immigrant experience, and really just kind of almost was a book of all the emotions and kind of stories that my parents 
never like overtly told me, but like through snippets and pieces and that I kind of quilted together from um, stories they told me. And so I'm incredibly proud of that book. It came out, as you mentioned, during COVID, where there was a horrifying uptick in anti-Asian hate, particularly geared towards Asian elders, which in Asian cultures, like as most cultures, you know, you really venerate and like honor your ancestors. And so there was a lot of senseless violence towards elderly Asian people. And so I kind of tried to write a book that was really joyful, that was abundant in like happiness. And I really feel fortunate that it was received as well as it was. So good. Well, I love these words from your book. It says, let our voices be heard. Let our stories be told. We are golden. And I believe so strongly in the power of our stories. That's the whole basis of what we do at Chapbooks to help families hold on to their stories. Um, are there any stories from your childhood growing up in New York City as an Asian American that you can yeah, share? Yeah, I mean, so many. I grew up in New York City in the 90s, basically. And it's so funny because now like the 90s are kind of back fashion wise. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I remember wearing pants like that. And now I'm supposed to wear pants like that again. What are we talking about? They were about? bad then. They they're are bad now. now. I don't get it. <laughs> There's so many trends like, you know, low rise jeans. Like, mm-hmm. why are they back? with like thongs sticking out, like, no, thank you. Mama three says, no, thanks. (laughs) Anyway, so I grew up in New York City and it was one of the most formative things for me and my personality in that I grew up kind of in this, like, it's cliche, but this melting pot of everyone looked different. Everyone felt very different. This was in the nineties and downtown. And it just always felt like really vibrant and rich and alive to me. And you know, from the steps of the Metropolitan Museum of Art to MoMA, to Central Park, to the Cloisters, to Chinatown, to the Financial District. Like, I feel like I kind of moved between a lot of worlds in New York. And I hope that that's kind of the experience that my children are receiving as well. I think growing up in New York is an education unto itself and seeing the kind of beauty of diversity and also all types of people like New York as like a cultural center, but also a tourist center like really being exposed to lots of different types of people. So I loved it. I love growing up in New York. I I feel very fortunate to be raising kids in New York. It makes me feel proud in the mornings when I see my daughter like hail a cab. I don't know why. Like this morning, we were running very late. So we hailed a cab to school and seeing her like kind of stick her arm out and wave it and like shout taxi. I was like, oh my God, this is a real like little New Yorker. I love it. Amazing, proud mama moment. I love it. My daughter-in-law, her parents are first-generation Americans. Her dad is from Puerto Rico and her mom's from the Philippines. And dad grew up in New York. My daughter-in-law grew up in New Jersey, just outside of New York. But so many incredible stories in her family. And and in my family, too. I mean, I'm seventh-generation Floridian. Wow. Not not quite the same, but still, not very many people can say that. No. And my granddaddy What's that date back to? Like the... 18 yeah early 1800s I remember my my granddaddy months just he's just the avid storyteller I mean as he got older it was the same stories over and over again but I especially love the ones that he told about my great 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 whatever grandma Polly Deberly and her 15 kids and wow. working the farm I mean just such wow. a different experience but still in some way relatable. I just love how you were talking about how differences are so important. In fact, it's a quote from um, another one of your books, A is for Awesome. Your difference is your superpower. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I mean, growing up, I'm oldest of 12. I've got, I had, I used to have flaming red hair. It's now like 
barely read it all because I'm. It's a it's gorgeous <laughs> like auburn. I love it. Super beautiful. But like embracing your differences and even seeing them as a superpower. I mean, that is like that unlocks so much. How do you help instill that in your children? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a hard question because kids and their self identity it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. And also, kids, I feel like there's so many external factors. When they're younger, you kind of almost have more ownership, weird word, but like over the way they think and you can kind of infuse them with your kind of like um, confidence and like trying to help shape their self-image. But you do kind of reach a certain point with the kids, especially I would say from what I've seen anecdotally, at least like 9, 10, where the external factors start playing in, how their friends talk about each other, how they're being included, how they're being excluded maybe. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I think in the very early years, it's very much about building a foundation of talking about how great differences can be, you know, and kind of grounding and not making them feel like they have to be too perfect. I think it's very hard to be a kid slash young adult slash teenager these days. I think the pressure is greater than ever. And I think that a lot of schools and society in general holds kids up to a higher standard where it's like hard to be a kid, period. And so I think the narrative being of constant reinvention and it's okay to make mistakes. It's actually good when you make mistakes is something that's really important to stress with children. And, you know, just trying to reiterate to them, like no one should be the same. Life is way more interesting when things, when people are different. And even when you look at identical twins, like my daughter's school has three sets of them, which is a lot. Wow. They're each different and that's what makes it better. And that's what makes the school more lively. And so I think a lot of it is just repetition. Like, Hey, it's okay to make mistakes. You're still figuring out who you are. You might like soccer today, but might like gymnastics tomorrow. And that's okay. Like we're here as parents to support you. And this is in an ideal world. But I think especially in the early years, reiterating that. And after a certain age, you're like, I can keep saying it, but the people around them matter a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like my youngest is 14 and my oldest is 28. And I long for the days where I felt like I had control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But no, it is like fully out of my control and for better or for worse. But yeah, somehow instilling in this idea that there's no one right way to be a kid or, you know, a student or an entrepreneur or a mother even. Totally. We have a very like vibrant WhatsApp chat group of parents for my middle son. And in particular, it's moms. It's like, we actually have like a hot pepper emoji because it's like a spicy chat. I love it. And it's interesting because we're all talking about, we're right now trying to figure out who's going to take on this class art project. And one mom wonderfully volunteered. And like, you could hear the huge sigh of relief from like several other moms to be like, oh, you don't want to see a quilt that I've made. You don't want to see a watercolor that I've overseen. (laughs) I can help send the calendar invite for that. But recognizing your strengths as a parent and then kind of tapping into this, it used to be called a village. Now maybe it's like a hive instead where it's like, we don't all live in the same village, but you can have this like hive of people to kind of tap in to and kind of ask for expertise. And I think one of the most humbling things as a parent, the lesson I learned is that you have to ask for help. I yeah. think if you were the kind of person, which I certainly was, where you're like, I can figure it out. Like I can just like power through it. And especially as you have more kids or you kind of face conundrums or issues that you don't have a lot of experience with, it's so important to ask for help and like ask other moms and ask not be afraid to kind of put yourself out there and say, I've never dealt with this before. How, yeah. how did you handle this? Yeah. Sorry, and another New York City siren. Oh, it's here. okay. 
I love it. It just makes me so grateful for technology that has, you know, allowed your hive to gather and yeah. communicate. And, and for us, it is mom, our Mom Force Facebook group, a yes. very vibrant community, which actually this podcast grew out of because it was just moms all over the country needing each other, asking for help or, you know, support or, and it's just, it's in a day where we can feel so isolated, even just in our own communities, you can feel alone and isolated. But through technology, we can be connected and it's amazing. It is amazing. Well, it's interesting to me, this evolution of like the mom hives, you know, years ago, it started with blogs, right? I remember I had a few blogs that I liked and I would log in and I would read them. And now it's blown up. It's on every single social media platform and everything from fashion and lifestyle to DIY and decor or mom memes and parodies. And I'm so curious, your perspective, like, why do you think that is? And is it really just, we need a village? We need a tribe? We need to be seen? I think we as women, as moms, we need outlets, right? Like no mom can do it alone. Like, and so what, whatever you were looking for, for me, like I'm constantly sending like, like, you know, memes and like reels to my, my other mom friends. We're like, it's how we're kind of saying to each other, like, I'm thinking of you by sliding into the DMs with like a humorous meme about how we're barely holding it together. Or, you know, being able to follow people for tips on, um, I saw a tip that someone had posted about like, you know, if you want to keep food hotter in thermoses, you put boiling water in the thermos first and then it keeps obviously yes (laughs) keeps the walls and keeps the food. And I literally was like, oh my God, that's like the smartest thing. And then, yes, I sent it to like a million people. One of the things I'm grateful for is we're moving away, at least from what I see and perceive from this like super manicured, super perfect perception of like the perfect mom. And we're all realizing that it's like, that's basically impossible to uphold or even like achieve. Like what is perfection as a mom, right? Like, and, and I think that like for me seeing other women going through the same situation, I'm very open in my own social media about like the ups and downs of, of parenting because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think it's all perfect. Like right now I'm going through like, frankly, a very horrific sleep progression that's been going on for two months where oh. my wonderful baby river, who I like, honestly, I'm obsessed with. He's so like, he's so cute. cute. He's so, so cute. So cute. Like two and a half. But like ever since he started school, he's been waking up at least once or twice a night from the oh. hours of two to 5 a.m. I feel so like sorry. a shell of a human. And you know, <laughs> this this webcast we're doing right now is focused on a very small corner of my daughter's room because our apartment's a mess. We're like getting bookshelves put in and it's like everything is everywhere and like there's yeah. dust everywhere. And I just feel like, I just don't want to feel like, I know when I'm looking at someone's content and I'm like, oh man, I, like, wow, how does her apartment look like that? Or wow, it's so easy to get caught up and like, oh, I wish fill in the blank, but it's like, Real life is like messy. There's like pencil on the wall. For me, there's Sharpie everywhere because like my kid keeps finding Sharpie. River keeps finding Sharpies. It's dark circles under the eyes, but it's like these exquisite moments of like joy also of like the kids coming home and telling you that they have chicken noodle soup. Like it's these like kind of like small, minute joys that I think I saw on Instagram. Of course, someone called it a glimmer where it's like just like these like shimmering moments of happiness. I think as we as parents have to like, find our own glimmers, but also like recognize other people's and if seeing other people and following other people gives you joy and energy, like that's the best case scenario. And you can assemble your own kind of digital hive and like your digital yeah. village. We don't live in an, a kind of society anymore where it's like, 
you know, I'll take time off from my farming to help you with your kid, Vanessa, right. and then you take time off from your weaving and hunting to help with mine. Right. It's like, unfortunately, it's not like that, but we can, we now support each other in different ways. And I think that's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Just keep sending me the memes. That's all I yeah, need. That's exactly. the fuel. I'll send you like going. a cat hanging on <laughs> by like a thread that's like just hanging in there, like that kind of thing. Yeah. That's what we need. Well, I do love the peaks that you share about real mom life. I think once you you showed up to work with two different pairs of shoes on, like oh, yeah. I've literally done that. So <laughs> I've done that. Like it's so relatable. Common, or it's like, you know, you reach into your bag and you're like, ooh, what is that? And you're like, oh my God, it's like a cheese stick from like, yeah, it's like one of those like baby bell cheeses and it like has basically decomposed in my bag or like the little oranges clementine oranges where you Uh stick your hand in and you come out and you're like ah yes it's either mushy or completely petrified like a stone the petrified is better the mushy (laughs) is better because it smells (laughs) so bad and i was talking with oh i was talking actually with like the actress hillary duff who Mm -hmm. like i love like my childhood and we were talking about like how cars you don't realize that once you get a car when you're an adult but you have kids, the car doesn't have a new car smell. It like mm-hmm. literally has like a smell of like goldfish crackers and like applesauce. There might, if only it might be a fruit fly buzzing around, mm-hmm. you, like reach under the seat and you find like six library books. Um, life yeah. just changes and it's like deeply chaotic, but also like really fun. Also beautiful. Yeah. I love how you brought up glimmers at chapbooks. We t- refer to that as um, everyday magic. You know, it's the mm-hmm. everyday you know, sparkling stuff between all the hard stuff because, you know, family life is also really hard and disgusting at times. You have to dig underneath the seat of the car to find the library book and you find all kinds of other things. What helps you see those everyday magical moments in family life? Ooh, uh, I think a sense of humor is important. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having people to share with, I have, like I mentioned, at any given point, my husband... Tom is always like, how many people are you texting at any given point? I'm like, the limit does not exist. So many. Because you constantly like, you know, like venting, sharing, checking in on friends. Like I have a friend. Exactly. It's like, I have a friend who has two kids. She lives in Philly. We were roommates in college, still incredibly close. And it's like, we haven't seen each other like in months and months and months and months. Maybe, I mean, I saw her this summer. We went to the Taylor Swift concert. But besides that, like I hadn't seen her in like years since pre-COVID. And it's like, the ability just to check in and kind of pick up where the relationship picked up yeah. off and ask like how her son Ben is doing with school, et cetera. It's like the ability to have those contacts. Cause I think that's honestly what keeps people, especially moms sane and grounded yeah. to know that you're not alone. It's incredibly hard. The work we're doing, yeah. it's incredibly hard to raise humans. It is. It's incredibly hard to coordinate the lives of these humans who feels, it feels like have more robust social lives than like, I, I mean, like my kids have, more programming than me for sure they have more active friendships because i'm like you know behind the scenes like like lily okay lily and tau can play and then tau started becoming friends with grayson and grayson is free on fridays but not this coming friday oh and then we all want to go meet santa in a few weeks and like let's invite this person and then oh like you know it's like yeah. it's just so much coordinating and so finding people who are going through what you're going through so you're not alone i think that's critical yeah. And friends that you can just pick up where you left off. Because sometimes you just drop off the radar yeah. because you got, you're in deep. Yeah. And <laughs> you need to be the able to just The low maintenance friendships become more important. Because like, I feel like, and I'm sure you remember this as well, when you're in your like 20s, you're like, someone's having a birthday party and she invited this person, but not this person. And 
you know, like a lot of drama maybe. And it's like, I found that the friendships where it's like, I had dinner with friends from college, you know, and we had, hadn't seen each other, some of us in years, but it just like, when we got back around the table to celebrate our friend Abby's birthday, it just felt like it, it did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And that sense of ease is so precious and it's hard earned, you know, it took a lot of years to get to that point, but it's like, I do think as a parent having low maintenance friendships where it's like, you're just content with what you have and both parties or all parties are kind of on the same page of what you can give. And also that like transparency of, you know, there was a period of time where my dad was having back surgery and I I couldn't do anything because I was doing a lot of caretaking and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there are other listeners here who identified with this, but that parent sandwich generation of having yeah. extremely young children, you know, a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old getting them settled into school at the time it was start, the start of the school year and then coordinating a, an emergency surgery for my dad's back. And it's like, I had to text friends and they were like, well, oh, Eva, you're not coming to anything. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I literally feel like I could at any given point have a nervous breakdown. I'm like sandwiched between like, four very, not two, four very needy yeah. individuals, a, a job, another job, like this, you know, everything going on. And I think being able to be transparent and have the kind of friendships where you can be like, I'm going through all this stuff. Like I have to deal with this for my dad. And instead of being like, oh, well, it sucks that you can't go to this birthday party. Them being like, how can we help? Like, can yeah. we send you something? Like what would be helpful? Like that's, I'm, I feel very fortunate to have that. Yeah. And I think giving people the benefit of the doubt just think generous things, no. assume the best, benefit the doubt. Assume, yeah. Assume good intent is what yeah. I say a lot. And if someone doesn't write you back, it's like, try not to take it personally. Like you don't know what's going on at any given point. I think it's so easy for us also. And I say this with a grain of salt, obviously, because it's like, I do post a lot on social media, but I didn't post about my dad's surgery, like yeah. openly. I recently was on a vacation and a friend was like, oh, that vacation looked amazing. But like, And it was, but my dad, actually, that was where my dad hurt his back. Mm -hmm. He threw out his back like the day, the first day of the vacation, just like by existing. And so like, that was like so challenging. And I was like, yeah, vacation was great. It was beautiful. The kids had an amazing time. Like my dad was like bedridden and basically like couldn't move. And so that was kind of stressful for all of us. And I do feel like remembering, especially for people who are listening, who are looking at other people's lives or following people on social media or, you know they're at school pickup and they see a mom that seems like they have everything together. Just like it's trying not to make assumptions because you don't know what people are going through actually. Right. Actually, the woman that played the real mom in our viral chapbooks video, it went viral in 2017, kind of launched our company, Lisa Clark. She has this hilarious sketch of going to, it's called the drop-off dicky. It's her going to pick up or do the school drop-off. And she just has this little dicky that she puts on over her nightgown so that she looks put together. Genius. <laughs> it's so Did she make genius. that? Did you guys make that? No, I it was just, it was that. for a little, she's she's part of an improv. She's an act, a professional actor. I know, but it's genius. She like but it is, if that should go to market, the drop-off ticket. Or, you should, you guys should do that. or we just don't care. We all are dropping our kids off in our pajamas and doing the best we yeah. can. Baseball um, cap, sunglasses, yeah. giant Stanley cup, you know, listen. Yeah. I, I got you right support beverage. Mm -hmm. Like it's all about, we all are just (laughs) doing the best we can, doing the best we can. And it's like, you know, we just all need to give each other, like give ourselves a little grace. Yes. Such a great reminder. 
All right. Before we wrap up, I really want to ask you specifically about photos because I know I know you take a lot of photos. You have adorable children. Take a lot of photos of them. And you know, when I think about everyday magic, I love your response and how you look for that everyday magic. For me, if I think about photographing that moment, like that moment as you see it happening, you know, with like a kid and a dog or your husband and, and a child, like photographing that moment is how I capture it and hold on to it. But I've got over 127,000 photos okay. in yeah. in my photos because your storage plan must be quite <laughs> it is. I have I have my own giant mega four terabit plan. But I'm curious for you, how do you deal with camera clutter and how do you organize and enjoy the photos that you take? Um, that's a really good question. I should be doing a better job, however, giving myself grace and saying uh-huh. that will be my project when I retire, perhaps. I have a huge storage plan on Google Photos, which I actually feel like is the best UI for me for searching. Yeah, it's really photos. great. It's the most intuitive and the search function, obviously, because it's Google is really amazing. I go to, I, I frame probably like six to eight photos a year of moments that I love. I actually print out a lot of photos for my kids and they keep their own photo albums. We bought like old, not as modern as chat books, like <laughs> quite old fashioned, like the ones with the sticky pages. Yeah. They really enjoy cutting the photos up and then like sticking it. Uh-huh. I remember I used to do that as a kid and I really enjoyed it. So we got into that recently. But it is something that I have to, I would like to do. Um, I recently got a trove of photos um, from my parents of like, you know, okay. pictures from growing up. And I also, and I'm like slightly like anxious about this, actually, I found like all these old memory cards, probably from like college. And I'm like, I don't want to know what's in these pictures from digital camera. <laughs> yes, pictures. you do. They're gonna I be do, but I'm also like scared because <laughs> it's like the hair, the like... Mm the 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 skin like oh we yeah. all want to see it upload them to your google photos and I know, start I sharing them. We want- I, I, well i need to buy like i think they they sell like things that you plug those into mm-hmm. right and then you yeah. can like upload it so i have to do that i do have to do that but photos are some like some of the most precious things that i have are photos like family photos yeah. um, and i'm trying to be better about like conserving that because like if you think my book i am golden which a lot of the, there's, there's a lot of photos featured in the books and they're actual, actual paintings of photos yeah. that my dad had, and mom had given me like for source material for the book. So all the photos Aww. that you see in there of May, the main character, and she's looking back at photos of her parents, you know, when they moved to America, it's like, those are all actual photos that my dad pulled from his albums. For me. Oh, so I special. love that. Yeah. Well, and I love that your kids have anything like something is better than nothing. That's my mantra. And with photos, you can enjoy your photos on your phone and looking through Google Drive, or you can print them off and let your kids do their own yeah. scrapbooking. Chatbooks is an easy way. I'm going to make sure you get some credit and you should let your kids, I bet your kids, kids are so tech savvy. I bet they can make their own chatbooks. But photos are such an important way of, of helping us tell our stories. And thank you so much for the reminder through your books of the power of story, not only, you know, sharing our stories with our kids, but with our communities. We can learn so much. There's so much strength to be had as we open up and share and then also listen. When someone is opening up and sharing their story, listening is, that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and I've really enjoyed hearing your story as well. 
Yeah. Well, Kate, tell us really fast, what is next for you? Where can people find more about all things? Well, of course, you can follow me on Instagram. EvaChen212 is my handle. The book is out today, which is so exciting. I'm really proud of this book. It's so beautiful. The illustrator, Sophie Diao, did an amazing job. Again, just quick shout out to her. She's actually one of like, I think like 10 people who work on Google Doodles. When you go to google.com and you see the beautiful illustrations. Yeah. The Google logo. She's actually one of the artists who creates those. So she's incredibly talented. And so I love this book. It is not just for Asian and Asian American kids. It's really just for any parent who wants their kid to have like a rich context and history and a lens on American uh, and world history through the lens of unexpected people. So I hope people love the book and I'm excited for it to be out in the universe. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the Mom Force. Thank you. Bye. Isn't she great? Thanks to Eva for fitting us into her very, very busy schedule. We'll link her brand new book that launched today in the show notes. And if you have a free moment this week, would you mind leaving us a rating and review for our podcast? I would just love that so much. I hope you have a wonderful new year and thank you for being part of the mom force.